Hi, everyone. This is Heather Vickery. Welcome to this week's episode of the Brave Files podcast. This week, I'm talking to Audrey Holt about her history of things just not going her way. This conversation comes at exactly the right time as we're all still sheltering in place due to COVID-19. Honestly, nothing seems to be going as it should. And the question of what can I do about it is on nearly everyone's mind. Audrey shares that through a life of trial and error, she's learned to make brave decisions and pivot when life's plans start to fall apart. And she's all about fortitude, which is defined as courage in pain or adversity. I don't know about you, but I need this conversation right now. This episode drops some serious truth bombs, including the amazing power of asking for support, how movement and dance can lift your spirits, and the amazing, life-changing power of gratitude. Again, this conversation comes right on time, and I cannot wait to share it with you. But before we start the show, I want to chat with you about our private, free Facebook community, Brave on Purpose. This community is designed for people who want to live bigger, bolder, and braver lives. It's all about community, collaboration, and connection. One member described it as an amazing sense of community that lifts each other up, and another called it life-changing. And now it's your turn to step into your brave and join us. All you have to do is search Brave on Purpose on Facebook, answer three simple questions, and bam, you're in. I'll even be teaching a free week-long session for Intentionally Brave Week starting May 12th. And you don't want to miss it because I'm going to be breaking down my patented Brave method and helping you find ways to step bravely into every element of your life and business. It's going to be a great time and I want to have you there. So head on over to Brave on Purpose in Facebook. Just search it up in Facebook groups and I'll see you over there. Now here's my interview with Audrey. My three words are fortitude kindness, and humanity. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. Hey, everybody, this is Heather Vickery. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune in to the Brave Files podcast this week. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, podcast listening is down by 42%. They think it's because people aren't going on commutes anymore. So I encourage you to go for a walk and tell your friends to go for a walk and listen to this awesome podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Today, we're discussing the journey of what to do when all your plans fall apart. Everything you've been working for doesn't work, and you have to start from scratch. My guest today is Audrey Holt. She's the owner of Fortitude and Flow, and she's an expert on this, and she's here to share her story with us. Personally, I cannot believe how fortunate it is that this interview was actually scheduled smack dab in the middle of this pandemic when everyone I know is facing this reality. Audrey, welcome to The Brave Files. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so psyched for this conversation. Yeah, I've really, really been looking forward to it. I love everything that you're up to and the the times that we've chatted before have been great. So can you give our listeners a little bit of background information on you and what led you to supporting other people when they're when everything falls apart? Yeah, so I think the most valuable pieces about my story for your listeners, especially during this time period, is I, from day one, have been a really sensitive person and a very energetic person. So like when I was little, that looked like a kid who cried a lot and needed to be taken to the playground like three times a day in order Mm. to just run out her energy. And both of those things are not necessarily received well in um, (laughs) in society on many different levels, having that energy that is hard to contain. And then also being so affected by everything is really difficult. So I really early got on board with this concept of doing everything right and not rocking the boat. So mm. I was like, okay, this is the thing that's going to help me fit in. Cause I, I started to take these cues that the sensitivity was not great and that the oh. tons of energy wasn't great. And, you know, so I was like, okay, the things I can do here is I can, I can just be really, really good at school and I can be really, really smart and I can, you know, stay in line and, and, not rock the boat. And so that became like my, my mantra uh, to sort of make it through. It's heartbreaking. You know? <laughs> it is. It's, and it's, I think it's a very common thing. So from the outside, I was a fairly, like I was kind of an unconventional kid in some ways. And for instance, when I went off to college, I, I majored in equine business management and riding, which is a weird, like I, I grew up in a barn, basically riding and training horses. So that was, that was kind of unconventional, but still my, my behavior and how I went about things was again, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Don't rock the boat. And so when I graduated from college and I was originally going to go into the industry, I remember my dad having this clear conversation like, well, why don't you try first to get like a traditional job with traditional benefits so you can be well, you know, so that you can be taken care of, which is funny because he had his own business. Um, Uh. So I was like, okay, like I'll I'll try it out. So I, I did the corporate thing for a while. And for, for somebody like me who had spent her entire adolescence like in physical labor, doing things with horses, cleaning stalls, running around outside to be stuck in a cube for a billion hours a day was not not great. Yeah. And so I, I started a yoga practice and I eventually ended up quitting this job to become a yoga instructor. And that was a better use of my my energy, right? Where I was like, okay, right. I'm using my physical energy every single day, but in order to, to make the amount of money that I needed to pay my bills, I had to work really, really hard. I had to teach a lot of classes and I'd had to take on different jobs. And so I, I was like, okay, well, how am I going to make this, you know, work for me? What's the, what's the goal here? And it's like, well, the whole, with a yoga instructor, the only path really was going to, to own a studio. So I'm like, okay, this is what okay. I'm going to do. This is my okay. path. I'm going <laughs> to own a yoga studio. So I I was teaching like crazy. Um, I eventually ended up managing a studio 
just being thrown into this manager manager position that I had no experience with and I wasn't really sure what I was doing. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try this, see how it goes. And at that point, around that time period, uh, one of my yoga students had told me, you know, you should really become a life coach. You're amazing the way you talk about things. And I had no idea what a life coach was, but I looked it up. And as soon as I did, I I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this totally resonates. So as I was doing the managing, I was also doing this, doing my training in the background. And I ended up being like, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm going to, I'm going to open my own practice. I'm going to have my own thing. And, and I, just as I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to step into that. I had a friend of mine who was like, listen, I would like to partner with you in this studio mm. ownership. And I was like, oh, hmm. that's the right thing, right? The next <laughs> right thing, like the right thing to do is become a yoga instructor and then you become a manager and then you become an owner and you work your way up. So that's what I did. I was like, okay, well, this is the thing that's next. And I got there and I I love the community and I love my friend and we had a great partnership. I mean, we, we've been friends for a really long time and then we went into business together and everybody told me, do not go into business with a friend because you're going to yes. blow things up. It's a terrible idea. Yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. right. The traditional, mm-hmm. traditional advice. And, um, <laughs> you know, we got to a point in the partnership and it was like, you know, I think that I, I had this, um, it feels, I can only describe it as a physical feeling of something sitting on my shoulder the entire time being like, this is, this is not it. There's That's something else so that hard. you need to do. I know that feeling. Yeah. Isn't it physical? It's visceral, right? It, it's not. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of blessedly came to this conclusion around the same time that she had different ideas for the studio. I had different ideas for the studio and that the partnership actually just didn't make sense anymore. So we very like beautifully just dissolve the partnership. We're still friends to this, to this day. And she, you know, she still has a studio and I actually teach classes there occasionally too. And, and so for those of you out there who are listening, who are maybe thinking about a partnership, it's not a, it's not, you know, it's not inevitable that you're going to blow up all your relationships if you do things consciously and, you know, with humanity. So I was left sitting in this place of, well, now what? Right. I'd spent over a decade of my life building up my identity and building up my reputation and building up a very specific skill set. And, and then I was like, well, now what? <laughs> you know, right. like I did the right thing. I, I didn't rock the boat. I followed the, the formula. I got to the end point and it wasn't what I thought it, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, it didn't fill me up. I didn't feel satisfied. I didn't feel like I'd hit that pinnacle. And I, I think that's a common feeling that isn't talked about a lot of times is sometimes you get the thing you've been working towards and it's not all it's cracked up to be, or it's not yeah. giving you what you thought you were going to get out of it. It doesn't so, feel right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. So that was when I, I sort of turned my attention to, to this, this thing on my shoulder, which was this, putting my energy towards my life coaching and, and consulting business. And that was and has been and continues to be one of the most challenging and, you know, to sort of put it in the framework of of your language is it requires bravery on a yeah, daily basis. And there is yeah. more fear <laughs> in it than many other things I've ever experienced in my entire life. So 
it's been an ex- incredibly interesting and and brave making journey for sure. I love that. And I love the use of the term brave making. Yeah. Um, that so beautifully embodies what I help people do and what mm-hmm. the show is about is like this intent, this knowledge that what you're doing is in fact brave and how that shifts the way you step up into what you're doing. Like at what point were you aware of of the fact that this was brave making and how did it change the way you did the thing? You know, I, I'm not quite sure that I, I hit that brave making point until I hit my first big failure. And I, so I I say that because I remember this was about a year into, into the business. And so it's, it was a baby and I was still just trying to figure my, you know, figure my way through this. And I remember I, I launched a, a group and it was met with crickets, like absolute crickets. Nobody showed up. And I was <laughs> I've been there. It's I, awful. Right. It's, and it's, I, I don't think there's a way to describe it to somebody that hasn't had the experience. It crushed me, like crushed me to the point that I had like two months after that time period where I felt like, what am I doing? Like, wh- this is an awful feeling. And am I doing the right thing? And am I made right words like that are so dangerous? Like, am Mm I, am I built for this? Am Mm -hmm. I made for this entrepreneurial life? And the thing that pulled me out, and I think this is a thing that's really important about this, about brave making to me is that it's not done in a vacuum. I had friends around me who were like, you cannot stop what you do here matters and your work matters. Mm. And this is normal to go through, to have these experiences and, you know, take the time you need to sort of mourn and grieve, but like you have to get up and you got to keep going because until you say I'm done, you're not done. That's right. Do it, you know? So that's the thing about bravery, I think, is that I think very often we, we think about it as something that we sort of forge in the fire by ourselves. But I I think it's really in having other people reflect to us what's important about us or about the work we do or or about our own power. It helps us to sort of feel that in ourselves and recognize that in ourselves and be like, oh, getting up is a brave thing. Trying again is a brave thing. And and so I, I think that that's one of the things that's so wonderful about just your podcast in general is just recognizing how many different forms bravery can take and, and that it is forged in community. I love that. And it is. And I just love that you shared that because that you're feeling that it is forged in community. And there are, I say this to people every day, there are a million different ways to choose bravely. And what matters is that, you know, you're choosing bravely. You're not just on autopilot. You're not just going through the movements. You're not just existing. You're you're doing intentionally. And that is brave. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us for a second um, about this concept of what the hell do you do when all the things you were going to do fall apart? I mean, you shared your journey and how that felt. But what do everybody listening, what do they do? They Half of them 
maybe have lost their jobs or they aren't sure when the next client is coming in the door. I have tons of listeners in the wedding industry, the events industry, which is catastrophic right now, hotels and restaurants. Um, You know, people who already have online businesses are a little bit ahead of the game because, you know, you are already probably working from home and you have some of that, but still the the market is shifting. It doesn't mean there's not work out there though, not a, in, in any way. So yeah. what would you tell those folks? So I think the thing that's most important in in these situations, first of all, is to just admit that, that it, it's a bit of a survival situation. I, I, when we're talking about this particular really time is. period at the time of us recording, 100% survival situation. But even in time periods when things fall apart and the things that felt known and the things that felt sure and the things that were safe all of a sudden get yanked out from underneath you, it sends your body, it sends your brain into the state of survival because everything that was was safe and comfortable is not a resource anymore. It feels like, okay, I just got dropped off in the middle of a field here. I have no money. I have no idea how many tigers are going to come at me. (laughs) I don't know how to defend myself. You know, our bodies just go into these survival modes. And so I think the thing that's, that might be applicable for, for listeners in this story and in my story is just the concept of, what doing the right thing and and like not rocking the boat and and in those sort of things it, there's an external focus on what is the right thing to do here as opposed to sort of an inward look to be like what do i need yeah what are my yes. skills what do i need what are what my am skills? i you know what are my strengths because i think mm-hmm. that we focus a lot on weakness are are mm-hmm. the things we're bad at but like what am i good at what our possibilities. And this is the other thing that's really important to attend to and be really, really gentle. I want to emphasize that gentleness and and self-kindness and compassion is one of the most important things right now because a lot of us are going to need to comfort ourselves out of this survival mode. We're going to have to sort of like find ways to feel safety because when we are our backs are up against the wall and we're in high survival mode, we often aren't able to see the opportunities around us because our brains just don't work like that. So finding little pieces in our lives that we can create some sort of consistency, Mm. some sort of routine, some sort of ritual that helps us to just feel more grounded. Yeah. We'll, we'll, open up those opportunities and maybe give us a chance to look around. And this is, again, maybe tapping into community and and just being honest about this is where I'm at. Does anybody have any connections that would be helpful for me to to be in in contact with? Asking for support is such a key factor. And and so much of what I heard you say um, fills into why I coach people and train people to have really powerful gratitude practices. Um, You you all listening know that I've been offering free gratitude circles. It's a virtual event that happens at 12 p.m. Central every Monday while we're all on um, shelter in place all over the world. Join us because we are sharing our gratitude. It's why I wrote two books and journals on gratitude. Um, And it's also why we're doing this special gratitude episode that I mentioned at the opening of the show. Um, Because when we share what's good and what's working, A, it, it fills us up. And B, it reminds other people to look for those things, even if they're small, even if they feel insignificant, they are not. And you know, our brains 
they can't hold negative and positive thoughts at the same time. They, they can't do it. So you can make a conscious choice and be intentional about thinking about what's working instead of what's not, which is what you just said earlier, Audrey. Like, we don't want to focus on what we can't do. We don't want to focus on what we've screwed up about. We don't want to focus on um, what we're not good at. What are we good at? What is good? You can't go to school my kids would really like to go to school now. I don't think they ever thought they would say that, but they would really like to go to school. So what can we do? Can we Zoom with our friends? Can we FaceTime with our friends? You know, all, all of those different sort of options. And so being connected to gratitude to me is one of the best ways to thrive in, in this really bizarre world we're in right now. Yeah. And I, I want to even put an, uh, an emphasis on the gratitude practice as something that helps to resource us internally. So, you know, gratitude is one of those things that we have this tendency because we are basically built for survival as human beings. We have a tendency for our attention and our energy to be more easily pulled toward negative things. So if you've heard the term of negative, you know, the negative bias, it's because of that. It's because if you're walking out on a trail and you see something in front of you, it's safer for your system to react, to pretend it's a, to, as if it's a snake and to jump out of the way than to curiously go over and investigate it and realize it's just a stick. So our bodies are sort of trained to, in that reactive save save us, you know, situation. Mm -hmm. And the more that our attention is drawn to pulled to put on the negative stuff, the more our system is constantly enforcing we're in a survival mode, we're in a survival situation, things aren't safe. So things like gratitude practices, things like noticing the good stuff in your life is actually changing your body and brain's perception of safety. Oh, there, look, there is something good here. There's something safe here. There's something that I can relax. So it actually is a really, I think that's so wonderful that you're doing that and providing people with the space to not only understand and connect to their own safety, but to also hear it from other people, because that is really powerful. One of the things that's so challenging about this time period is that humans co-regulate their nervous systems together. So usually, you know, you can maybe identify with if you'd gone to a yoga class, maybe you come in and you're having a really bad day and you're just having a bad attitude and you come in and the person at the desk is smiling at you and greets you. And then somebody says, oh, how are you doing? And they're smiling at you and you're looking at their face and, and, and all of a sudden your, your attitude starts to shift slightly. And when you're in a room with people whose nervous systems are more calm and more regulated, it helps you to regulate your own. So in connecting with other people who are talking about the goodness in their lives and also championing the goodness in your life, it helps to create a more collective sense of safety, which is something we are really lacking right now. So I just want to emphasize that and how yeah. valuable that is. We are really lacking it. I mean, it, for decent reason, I, I'm not trying to say that like it's not really scary because yeah. it is and as any of you who've been listening to my show or you followed me and in the work that I do you know that I'm not the like um suck it up and move past it I'm not the girl wash your face coach that's not <laughs> I, I I'm not that person um I think you should feel your feelings I think you should be honest about them I think you should explore them just like when you talked about yourself as a child you know we don't want to just 
you know, change ourselves because we think we're not supposed to be the way we are, or feel the way we are. We we need to we need to know what we fear and then use that. So I always tell folks, let's leverage that um, because knowledge is power. So what do we do with it now? How do we gain some control? What can we change? And when you talk about finding safety and security in community, um, there are a lot of ways to do that. And I've seen my community, I'd be curious to hear about your community. I've seen my community doing it by having different themes uh, for the windows, for kids to decorate the windows so that when you go on your social distance walks, you can look and the kids get excited or drawing with sidewalk chalk or, you know, making masks for other people. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful stuff that's happening if you're looking for it. Yeah. And the thing that's, um, you know, one of the, the initial which is so interesting. And, and I think a lot of us have experienced this on social media too, is the initial um, survival, our, our more modern day survival mechanisms is to reach out and to connect as our first means of survival. So the amount of resources that have been shared, the amount of people mm-hmm. who have jumped to be like, I want to help. I mean, it's amazing, this inflow Uh, which has been a little bit overwhelming at times just because people are so willing to help and so willing to be like, I've got a skill that I can, I can use to be of service or like, I've got this entire list of resources for kids and learning, or like, these are all the platforms that are free right now. You know, that, that inflow of help and, and humanity being at its best is always there and it's not always highlighted. So that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to, again, keep feeding ourselves with all of the things that are true. Like there are so many things that are true, just like you're talking about, you know, feeling your feelings. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes that feeling is not very pleasant, but, but you have to be with it in order to feel the best that you can, you know, the good things, the bad things, the tough things, all of those things, being able to be us in relationship to all of it is the thing that that's bravery, right? That's flat out bravery right there. Yes. Yeah. It really, really is. I, I just, I love that. And you in looking for it and, and owning it. And so what I'm hearing you say is that when your plans fall apart and everything you've been working for doesn't work anymore, first of all, start to think about what what does work, what is good, what mm-hmm. are your skills, um, what kind of support do you have, how can you ask for help? Asking for help is so hard for many, many people, um, but it's a really powerful position to be in. And that sounds counterintuitive. I have a, a daughter who's really struggling with asking for help at school because she's afraid it'll make her look weak and dumb. And it wasn't, of course, until I was well into adulthood, I'm 45 now, that I realized that's actually what makes you the smart one. That's what makes you the strong one. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. And I, you know, I, I still, I still struggle with this one because it's something that is so ingrained in our culture from day one that the individual, you know, the importance of individuality and DIY and pulling yourself up up by your bootstraps. There's a lot of messaging around that stuff. And there's a lot of shame in, in basically there's a lot of shame in like admitting to your own humanity and the fact that you can't hold the entire world on your shoulders (laughs) and look good doing it. (laughs) Right. What is that shame about? That's the thing. So messed up. It's so messed up and it's so destructive. And 
you know, I, I work with a lot of people who deal with burnout and that's a really, that's one of those things that people see as a weakness. People see as something, well, just suck it up, just toughen it up. And like, what I want to say is that the reason people get burned out, the reason people get sick and are, are ill from the amount of effort they're putting in is because it's the opposite. They're extremely strong. They're very mentally strong. They're physically strong. They're pushing themselves to their limit. And we're not, it's amazing, right? It's amazing that the human body can do that. It's amazing that we can do that as, as human beings. And it's built into our biology for short sprints, right? We are meant, we are able to, to pull right the adrenaline and that sprint of energy, we are built to do that for short periods of time. And the majority of our time, we are meant to be in basically a rest mode. But often people push themselves into the sprint mode for long periods of time. And eventually the body breaks down, the brain breaks down, mm-hmm. our, our again, our sense of safety breaks down. That's when we end up with chronic issues. Yes. So it's really important to understand that like, we are not built to hold the world on our shoulders by ourselves and look good doing it and have a smile on our face and, you know, never be affected by anything. That's, it's just not a helpful, it's just not a helpful story. It's not a helpful narrative. And I think that it's becoming more commonplace for people to admit that, but we still need more of these conversations. And, and so I think it's helpful, you know, get those pod, start listening to those podcasts. I was telling, I was telling Heather before we came on that I listened to this podcast on my walk this morning. She means this one, great. the Brave Files. This one. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to the Brave Files on my walk this morning. Thank and you. And that's, that's a good way to normalize something different is to expose yourself to the things that you want to be true. Mm. Okay. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. I'm going to say it again. Expose yourself to the things you want to be true. Yes. Okay. Y'all that's a big deal. Like sit with that and Um, think about it. First of all, we're not talking about fake news here and we're not talking about faking it until you make it, but we do create our realities. They tell you if you want to work in a new field, start spending time with people who work in that field. We, we become like the people we spend our time with. We become the things that we think of. Right. So that's some powerful stuff right there. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's so funny. I, I've been, you can't hear it, but literally this entire conversation, as you're talking, I'm just nodding my head. Like I'm just nodding my head <laughs> the entire time. If you could see me right now, wishing I'm just we had video here. <laughs> I love it. I love the head bobbing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, I what I, one of the things I just love about you so much is I often ask folks in in these interviews if they feel brave. I don't have to ask you that because I know that you do. You've shared with us, like, holy moly, this is brave work for people listening who feel like we have all been feeling, oh my God, everything's falling apart. What are we going to do now? How do I pivot? Um, What would you recommend be their very first actionable step? I think... It's such a, it's such a good question. I'm just going to take a one moment to to kind of let that, Mm -hmm. let that settle because, you know, I think the, the easy and the most, um, 
common answer I think would to be like an action oriented thing. But honestly, I think the most helpful thing is to just take a moment to say, wow, this moment is tough. Mm, yes. This moment is asking a lot of me. Yeah. Yes. Just sitting. And because before you can change, in my opinion, before you can change the reality that you're, that you're living into something slightly different, you have to be living in the reality you're living in. Like let yourself, let your body, let your brain, let your whole system just have a moment to be like, this is what I, where I'm at right now this is tough or this is challenging or I'm a little bit confused. Like just name all of the things you're feeling, all of the things you're experiencing, what your current reality is. And just like be there first. Once you've sort of sat with that and and really been with yourself and, and given yourself a little bit of kindness and compassion for, for what you're going through, because it's not easy, then I think you can take the the next best step, the next small and doable piece to put you in the direction of what you think might be next. Yeah, I love that. And that awareness, again, that's what we talked about earlier. Don't just put your feelings in a, in a pocket. Don't just push and go, oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I know that for some folks, it feels like a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. but it's a really dangerous coping mechanism. And if on some days it's too much to to do all the things, don't do all the things. What matters is that you don't stay in that space for very long, but you can honor that for a little bit. That's okay. Yeah. And I think it's important too, because when you honor that, it allows you to be in that space for a shorter period of time. Yeah. When you shove things down, when you push things, literally that, even that language, right? You shove it down, you push it down. It actually is literally that, but in your body, it's like your body doesn't forget it's in there. If you haven't dealt with it, it's in there and it's going to find its way back to the surface in some way, shape or form, because that's how we're built. That's what bodies do. So be, being in a place that that's tough and, and feeling it and and being like oh man because there is this feeling of like I'm gonna fall apart the, if the I let of, myself fall apart then yes. I'm never gonna get back together yes yeah. yes and that is such a, that is a that is a fear that I hear over and over and over and over and over again and and it's difficult to tell somebody that they that they're based on you know based on my my experience with having hundreds of people say the same thing to me over and over again I I, I know what the reality is in the other side but it's like that's again that's a brave step to be like I know the way you feel and it feels this way and you have to trust that it's going to be temporary and when you come out on the other side you are going to feel like a superhuman (laughs) yeah yeah it's really true and I do know that it's hard uh, to believe that up front. But, yeah. you know, we just talked about, Audrey just mentioned all the free resources that are out there. I've been offering gifted coaching. I'm still offering it. If you need yeah. to talk about this, you need to process this, you need to make a plan, email me, call me, 312-646-0205. That's the number. Email me, heather at vickerinco.com. And I'll bet you Audrey could probably spout off, you know, four or five different resources to help you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go for it. Spout some. Yeah. So I, um, I've been, I've been doing a lot of free, you know, from, for myself, I've been doing a lot of free just lives all over the place, talking about what I've been seeing, talking about what clients are going through, talking about how people's coping mechanisms are all flaring up right now. So if you're going through a time period when, where you're like, wow, all these things I thought I had healed are coming back to the surface again. It's like, yep, 
that's where we're at right now. And that's because you know, our just, bodies remember because we yes, haven't our processed bodies remember. it. And we're in high, you know, high intensity right now. So, and I've, I'm also offering my, you know, my, my coaching at, at smaller intervals than I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can work with me for like shorter periods of time. Mm. I have a lot of people who, around me who are, um, I know Katie Braha is doing a lot of pay what you can meditations. I have my Love friend it. Mary Morrison who's doing pay what you can distance healing. I mean, there's a lot of people are just allowing for more pay what you can, you know, healing modalities, ways to access them that people actually hadn't been able to before. So, so there's a lot out there that that's available. Um, and I'm sure it. that, yeah, anybody that is connected with us in our circles, you will find it. Like we will tell you. Look for it. Yeah. Um, Audrey, will you send us links to all the things you just mentioned so that yeah. we can put yeah. them in the show notes so you, you all can access it. Um, but there are a lot of resources out there for you. You're not stuck and you're not alone. And that, uh, you're talking about this and, and you're, your quest to get people to feel their feelings and sit with that and be aware. Um, it makes me wonder what, what sort of non-negotiable daily rituals do you have to stay in that space? So there's a couple of rituals that I've found to be really helpful during this time period. And I, and I think one of the things that's important to understand about, about self-care is that, it's not linear and it needs to shift with, <laughs> yes. con- with, with, and, 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 you know, sometimes we get really down on ourselves for like, Oh, I know I should be doing X, Y, and Z oh, right now. Lord. And so it's no. okay. You know, like, I just want to put the blanket statement that it, it's okay if it doesn't look the same every single day. So things that I try to do, things that I found helpful to practice on a regular basis is using music and movement to help me through whatever state I'm in. So if I'm in a place that I, I'm like, whoa, super anxious today, like anxiety's through the roof, having a hard time concentrating. I put on some really energetic music. I do a lot of dancing and shaking my body and like loud exhales and like really work that through my system. If I'm having a day where I'm like, wow, don't want to do anything but lie on the couch right now, but I actually do need to get up and do something. How can I gently use some music to help me move out of that state? How can I comfort myself out of that state? So music has been really helpful because it just sort of pulls my body into a place that's helpful. I love Um, that. My friend, my friend Kelly, um, we were at a, a conference together last November. And she said, I've been doing dance attitude in the morning. I'm like, okay, Kelly, what's dance attitude? She's like, well, I made a playlist with all my favorite dance songs. And I just turn it on in the morning. It changes everything. She's like, yeah. I dance to, like, I shake my ass with attitude, dance attitude. Oh my gosh, that's and amazing. I have this, you know, hour and a half long dance attitude playlist, which I don't, <sighs> I don't play every day. So I love that you said that, Audrey. Not every day, Am I in a place where I need to shake it off and, you know, put myself in the right mood? But when I need it, it's so great. Yeah. And I think it just keeps coming back to that question is like, what do you need? Like, what do you need right now? Mm. What is it that you need right now? Not what is your usual thing? What's the thing that everybody's saying you should do? You know, it's like, no, really, like, can you take a nap right now? Do you need a nap right now? Do you need to go for a walk? You know, it what, what do you need? And like, what do you have access to? And how can you get creative? Because sometimes you you do, you got to be creative about these things. Yeah. You do have to be really creative. I love that. Audrey, what are the different ways that you like to celebrate success, big or small? 
So I have a group of colleagues that I will often send a text to. Um, and sometimes a celebration can sometimes be a, hey, I did this thing. You know, I, I pitched to this thing and I got rejected so hard. <laughs> or like, you know, that's, that's sort of, you know, that's the celebrating of bravery. Just because the result isn't what you thought it was, you did it anyway. So I will, I will text with my colleagues who understand the, the professional challenges that come along with entrepreneurship. I will share things with my spouse just to say like, Hey, I did, I got this thing today, or I got this client or I, you know, I was able to record this thing and that's really exciting. You know, I'll, I'll celebrate recording this podcast today. Cause I, I, this is so exciting. Just telling it out loud to somebody and sharing it with somebody else is the most helpful thing for me to validate that it exists. And then also have somebody reflect back to me like, yeah, that's awesome. Like that is so great. That is so wonderful. So happy for you. Like I personally need that human interactivity to help yeah. me feel like something is real. Yeah, me too. I love that. And we were talking about dancing. Dance party is one of my favorite ways to celebrate. Um, oh, I love but that. But also that connection. And I. this is why I love this question is there's no right or wrong answer and it doesn't have to be big. And then I get people who will go, oh, I'm not very good at celebrating. And I'm like, but I'll bet you do something. You don't even know it, which is where we yes. get back to awareness. Like know what you're doing. Be intentional about what you're doing. It changes everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it puts you back into control, which I think is the, and, and I'll be careful with the word control because I think that that, that word can get used in really weird and dangerous ways. But, you know, one of the things that's important in times of uncertainty, when things are unpredictable is to find things that you have a hundred percent control over and things that you can influence. And so, and so when you are intentional, that gives you that sense of control. Exactly. And, I, and it's not like a controlling the situation. It's like, no, I it's have self-control. Yeah. Yes. I have influence and I have autonomy and I have sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And these are really, really important things to be feeling, especially when external circumstances are not not consistent and not predictable. I'm laughing because I love it. And I think we might actually be the very same person, which is a little bizarre <laughs> because that's exactly like the first thing I say to any client is we need to figure out what you can do to be in control of you, to mm. feel more aware and confident. There's always something, at least one thing you can do different to change a situation and feel like you have a little bit more control. And so I, yeah, control my, my partner's like, are you trying to build a whole like world of creepy little control freaks. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it's control. It's internal control. It's, it's knowing that you can make change that you're not stuck waiting for somebody else to do something. Yes. It's yes. so and funny. I, yeah. And I think that just like even circles back to sort of what we were talking about in the beginning of that, like, what do you do when things fall apart? And it's, it, it's like, you stop looking for that person outside to fix it for you. That's right. right? Like that's, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, I, I was waiting for, for somebody else to like sort of hand me the answer. And it was, that was not the way. No, <laughs> no. Magically, amazingly was not the way to get things, you know, get things done. Doesn't so. work. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Oh my gosh. This has been such a great conversation. I have a feeling we could go on and on and on, but um, we are coming to the close, but now I get to ask you, uh, what is your favorite charitable organization to support? So I want to, give a big shout out to the Loveland Foundation, which was a foundation that was established in 2018 by Rachel Cargill. I love Rachel. Yeah. She did this birthday wish fundraiser that was therapy for black women and girls. And it was, it blew 
up. And so the Loveland Foundation is an extension of that, and it provides financial assistance and access to therapists that are specific to the women and girls that need them. So she mm-hmm. is the Loveland Foundation is partnered with Therapy for Black Girls, the National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network, Talk Space and Open Path Collective. So LovelandFoundation.org. It's so powerful and it's so important that everybody get the access that they need yeah. to these resources done by people that they can relate to and that can yeah. can help them heal because these are things that that are ancestral and collective and and I just think the work is so powerful and she's doing an amazing job. Incredible. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. Such an important organization. Listeners, again, now more than ever, do what you can. If it's not money, get social media likes, shares, let other people know they exist. Maybe you know somebody who needs those services and they don't even know this organization exists. Um, share your knowledge. Knowledge is power. We've we've just talked about that. I've noticed, um, I have a general rule that anybody in my Facebook feed who's doing a fundraiser, as long as it isn't, you know, against my moral code, which most of my bubble isn't, um, I give a very small nominal dollar amount. And, and usually there are several a week. And since this pandemic hit, nobody's doing birthday fundraisers. Mm. Nobody's done it for three weeks. I haven't seen a single birthday fundraiser. This is not the time to stop being generous. Believe it or not, even if you're out of work, even if you're struggling. I mean, obviously, don't put yourself into debt, but find a way to continue to give because the more we give, the more we receive. And it doesn't have to be money, but don't stop giving. Yeah, that amplification piece is is important. Even if you can't financially contribute, if you amplify it, if you share it with other people, there may be some people that can that would not have known about it unless you had said something. Exactly. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you so much, Audrey. This has been a fantastic, just like I knew it would be. I loved having you here. And I hope that we have an opportunity to collaborate on something in the future. This has been so much fun. <laughs> and I, I, I can't wait for more. Yeah. yeah, it'd be awesome. Can you share your three words with us just one last time? Yeah, my three words are fortitude, kindness, Mm. and humanity. Right now, those words feel very healing. Mm, Yeah, I've I've been sort of mantra-ing on them this morning. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as Audrey and I enjoyed doing it for you and having this conversation. We cannot continue to produce this show without the support of folks like you who listen, who share it, who tell people there's this great show, go listen to it. And folks who uh, support us on Patreon. We're building a brave movement here and we would love to have you join us. So please visit patreon.com slash brave files and find a tier that works for you. It starts as low as $4 a month, folks. That's pretty darn low. And you get some awesome rewards. And without your support, um, we just can't make it all happen. So visit patreon.com slash brave files and find a tier and join our movement. And I would love to have you call. Call in with your gratitude. Remember that for the gratitude episode 312 312- Six four six zero two zero five. Call in and tell us whatever you want to share with us. If there's something you're looking for, I would love to get the feedback. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. And I look forward to seeing you and talking to you soon. This is Heather Vickery reminding you now to go out and choose bravely. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks. Check it out for yourself and get your 30-day free trial, including one free audiobook. Simply visit audibletrial.com slash thebravefiles and voila, 
free audiobooks. What could be better than that? You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes, or get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we'd love to know what you think. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success Coaching, coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music is produced by Matt Lewis. Follow him on Instagram at mattmmusic or visit his website, theunionband.com. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to our associate producer, Kim Statler. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week.